We are in Alma 5 today, and this is Alma, who has now left the judgment seat and is solely being the high priest or the prophet of God, and he comes to teach the people, and we get to hear what it is that he feels that God has inspired him to teach these people and get them back on track, course correct. And one of the things that we learn very quickly off is he introduces himself and says in verse 3, I, Alma, having been consecrated by my father, Alma. And we wondered that a couple chapters ago because it's Helaman who gives him all the records and everything, or Mosiah, excuse me, it's Mosiah that gives him all the records and then totally reorganizes the government and does the whole system of chief judges and judges and he, Alma, is chosen as the first chief judge but it does make it sound like it's Mosiah who consecrates him as prophet and here we learn in verse 3 just as it is now it's the old prophet and the apostles who um, stand in a circle and consecrate and it's actually not the old prophet because it doesn't happen until the old prophet passes away but he is called and set apart by God and set apart by his father and that's just an interesting fact Okay, so he starts to talk to the people about how they have been delivered of God. And that seems to be such a pattern that we have, that they call to remembrance their history of their forefathers and of the church and what is part of our history as being children of God. And he does that. And in verse four, he says, you've been delivered. The people were delivered from wicked King Noah. And verse five, you were delivered after they were captured by the Lamanites or not captured, but came into bondage to the Lamanites. You were delivered of that bondage of the Lamanites. And then in verse six, and have you retained in remembrance that he has delivered your souls from hell and so delivers us from Satan. So he he outlines those three things and gives them their history first. Okay, and then in verse 10, it says, And now I ask of you, on what conditions are you saved? Yea, what grounds had they to hope for salvation? What is the cause of their being loosed from the bands of death and the chains of hell? And this will take us right into Christ. And we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, we teach of Christ that our children might know to whom we may look for a remission of sins. And so I love that. Tell them their history, then come to how come this happens and how can you have hope that you will be delivered from mistakes that you know you're going to make in this lifetime. It is all because of Christ. And so I love in verse 11, he says, behold, I can tell you, did not my father Alma believe in the words delivered him by the mouth of Abinadi? And was he not a holy prophet? Did he not speak the words of God? And so that whole thing is that it's God who speaks through the mouth of the prophet that causes a mighty change. And then it says in 12, and according to his faith, this mighty change was wrought in his heart. And I love that. And that's what he's telling them. And then in 13, and behold, he preached the word to your fathers and a mighty change was wrought in their hearts. And they humbled themselves and put their trust in the true and living God. And so he teaches them all of that. And then very, um, 
very important in this chapter is verse 14. And now behold, I ask my brethren, have ye spiritually been born of God? Have you received his image in your countenance? And that just goes right back to the Amalekites that marked themselves, the Lamanites who were cut off. How have we marked ourselves? And is he in our countenance? If he came, would he recognize himself in us? And I love that. Do you exercise faith in verse 15 in the redemption of him who created you? Do you look forward with an eye of faith? I love that. Do we look forward to him coming or are we scared? I love that. I just kept imagining that this was today and a, and a message of our prophets and apostles because I really feel with all that's going on, um, the message is he's coming. And so this seems very applicable. Okay, and then in 16, this was so key. I have this um, asterisk and, and underlined. Can you imagine to yourselves that you can hear the voice of the Lord saying to you, Come unto me, ye blessed, for your works have been works of righteousness. And I just thought if you could have a conversation, that's what I have written. If you could have a conversation with God tonight, what do you think he'd say to you? What do you imagine he would say to you? And I just love that thought. And that's something I think if I... Um, that I will do and come follow me tonight with my family is what do you imagine if God could say something to you? What do you imagine he'd say to you right now? And that's such a telling thing of where we are um, with him. And so that's a question I would say, ask yourself and ask your family. Okay. And then in 17, or do you imagine that you can lie to the Lord and say, Hey, I've been doing good stuff. My works have been works of righteousness. And then in 18, or that you can be brought before him with your souls being filled with guilt and remorse, having a perfect remembrance of all your wickedness. And then in 19, can you look to God at that day with pure heart and clean hands do you have his image engraven on your countenance? And I just think if you go to um, 20 through 24, it really details what that will be like to stand before God, knowing you've not done good things. And in 22, it says, um, can you stand before the bar of God, having your garments stained with blood? 23, that testify you are murderers and that you are guilty of all manner of wickedness. And then in 24, and can you imagine that such as one can have a place to sit down in the kingdom of God with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Nephi, Lehi, Moroni, Alma, Amulek? Could you even imagine sitting there and being comfortable? Being stained with your conscience with those deeds that you've done. There's no way you would want to. It isn't that God would keep you from that. It's that we get to choose where we're comfortable. He wants us to be where we're comfortable. We wouldn't want to be there. And so that's so cool. And the question I have right there is, who do you hang with now? Who is your desire to be with now? And the thought I had with all of this COVID, are you comfortable at home? Are you happy at home? Do you feel like you're bonding and coming closer together to Christ? Or are you just dying to get out of there and be with other people who maybe aren't helping you be who you need to be? And so I just really love those thoughts. Who do you hang with now? 
And who do you imagine? It's not like we're going to die. If our intent hasn't been to be with godly people, we're not going to all of a sudden wake up and want to. We're not going to want to hang with Joseph Smith and Nephi and all of those if that hasn't been our desire now. So I love that. Okay, and then it says um, in 26, And now, my brethren, I say to you, if you have experienced a change of heart, if you have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, can you feel so now? Reflect back when you have felt that after listening to conference or after being in seminary or after going to church, when you have felt his spirit and a desire to be so much more than you are, can you have that spirit now? And then it talks about in 27, humble yourselves. In 28, no pride, get rid of the pride. 29, no envy that we're not looking around and and wanting what other people have. And 30, no mocking. And he details all of that. And it all leads to 32. Yea, even woe unto all you workers of iniquity, which is all of us, repent, repent, for the Lord has spoken it. And I love that this reminds me of King Benjamin, who said, it's not possible for me to number all the ways you can sin. The whole point, and I will make it as simple as possible, they say, is to repent and come unto Christ. That simple. And then I love that we get to this verse in 36, which is something I have just said in these past um, chapters as we reviewed him. The time is at hand, whosoever bringeth forth not good fruit, and whosoever doeth not the work of righteousness will have cause to mourn. And I love that it brings in this good fruit. We will know by their fruits. And then 37 through 39, he is calling us. He is seeking for us. And it talks about in 39, and now if you are not the sheep of the good shepherd who is calling after us, behold, I say unto you, the devil is your shepherd. It cannot be more clear. So if you are not following God, you are following Satan. And we've just had these awesome examples of Amalekai and Nehor who were not following God. And then we had these awesome examples of Alma the older and Mosiah and Gideon and now Alma the younger who did choose God as their shepherd. And I love that. And then 40, this really is the end all in this chapter, the verse that says it all. For I say unto you, whatsoever is good cometh from God, and whatsoever is evil cometh from the devil. If you ever question, where are my answers coming from? Where is my inspiration? Is that me or is that the spirit? If it is a good thing, rest assured, it is from God. And the awesome thing is, is if you're questioning that, that means that your thoughts and your intents are becoming one with his. And that's so cool that you can't decipher. That's so cool that you wonder. It means you are a really good person and doing exactly what the Lord is hoping we are doing. And that's becoming one with him. And then it talks about 41 and 42. Therefore, if a man bringeth forth good works, he hearkeneth to the voice of the good shepherd and he doth follow him. But whosoever bringeth forth evil works, the same becometh a child of the devil. And 42, and whosoever doeth this must receive his wages of him. And we talked about that, Nehor and Amalekai, that Satan leads to no good end. And if our goal really is to live with Christ and the hereafter and to have an eternal perspective, 
he will support us and joy cometh after this life. We are earning the next life and where we want to be and who we want to be with. And I love that. And then I really love in 45 that it says, do not suppose I know these things of myself. I testify to you that I do know these things wherever I have spoken are true in 46. 46 behold i say unto you they were made known to me by the holy spirit of god i have fasted and prayed many days that i might know these things of myself it is work to have a testimony it is daily reading the scriptures it is fasting and praying but then the reward is i know and that's in 48 i say unto you that i know of myself that whatsoever i say unto you concerning that which is to come is true i say unto you i know jesus christ shall come yea the son the only begotten of the father and i love the power of his testimony i can remember as you thinking I so want to be able to say I know but I have never been one who could um, say something and not honestly mean it my mom had really taught us so much to tell the truth and everything and I really love even that the Lamanites you could count on their word I so want people to know when I say something it is 100% true that there is no sugar coating I don't want to deal in half truths as Satan does I want to when I testify of something I want you to go away knowing I know that or I will say I believe and I can remember when I finally felt that I could say, I know, and this so touches my heart that he has worked to be able to say, I know. And then in 49, he talks about his job is to teach others. And then um, 50, it's that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's exactly the same thing that the prophets of God always tell us, and that is repent and and they bear their testimony and then i love again in 52 and i say to you the axe is laid at the root of the tree every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit shall be hewn down by their fruits you shall know them it is the same message again and again and again and they can't make it more simple for us you will know by your fruits you will be able to tell from others and every good thing comes from god and then i love in 57 what he says to us and now i say to you all you who are desirous and that is us to follow the good shepherd come ye out and be separate be rare be set apart be precious be different from the world and i love that i so hope that we are rare and set apart and different and then i love in 60 and now i say unto you the good shepherd to call after you and if you will hearken to his voice he will bring you into his fold and you are his sheep and then in 62 i speak by way of command that you that do not belong to the church and unto the those of you who do oh do not sorry i speak by way of invitation come be baptized unto repentance and be partakers of the tree of life i remember a talk once upon a time that elder holland ended and said i so he was so emotional i so hope and pray to be caught doing good when the Savior comes, yea, in the very act. And I remember just crying and thinking, of course you will. That's been your entire life. Well, as I read this, I thought, 
I so hope and pray when the Savior comes, I am caught in the very act of doing good. The desires of my heart have become so caught up in asking and praying, what can I do to help you? What can I do to be an instrument in your hands? What can I do to serve you? That he sees himself in my countenance. I hope and pray as you study this that you will bear witness to your family of what you know to be true. But also I hope that you will ask that question. If God spoke to you tonight, what would what do you think he would say to you? I hope you know the church is true. And I hope more than anything you know how much the Savior loves you.